Hello and welcome to another APW Property Podcast episode. Uh, today we're doing a City Watch episode and I'm joined by Ben Lewis and Luke Dewhurst from APW. And we're going to be taking a bird's eye view of the ancient city of York. Uh, so hi, Ben. Um, any idea what plumage you'll be sporting today on our bird's eye flyby? Hmm. Um, today I will be a, a, a dunnock. Oh, okay. Uh, what's that? Well, it's a it's a shy small bird, aka the hedge sparrow. Um, although it's not actually a sparrow, but an accentor. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Um, it can be seen um, hopping around the shrubbery, especially at my parents' house as well. Okay, well, all bird's eye views are welcome. Um, I rather saw myself as a pink-footed goose uh, today. Uh, tens of thousands of these migratory feathered friends make their annual descent from the Arctic to overwinter on the UK's wetlands and farmlands and can be easily spotted over East Yorkshire in the autumn. Will you be joining in, me in my skein, uh, Luke, or, or are you choosing a different bird? Uh, no, I'm going to be a long-eared owl. Okay, a very wise choice. Uh, well, let's get started on our view from the clouds. Um, ben, uh, can you tell us where York is? Sure, Paul. It's situated in the, in the north of England on the confluence of the River Ouse and Foss. Um, it is a historic county town of the county of Yorkshire. Uh, it is a cathedral city, home to the Archbishop of York, and well, it is 174 miles north of London as the crow flies. And that's uh, as the dunnock or pink-footed goose or long-haired uh, long owl flies as well, I presume, unless they're uh, a little bit wayward. So, uh, yes, it's also um, 161 miles south of Edinburgh. It also puts York northeast of Leeds, uh, northwest of Hull, and it's about 40 miles from the coast, uh, the North Sea coast at Scarborough. So, Luke, uh, how about some fun facts about York to kick us off? Guy Fawkes, who tried to blow up Parliament in 1605, was born in York. Okay, I, I'm going to p pick up with uh, Yorkshire pudding, a Sunday lunchtime staple. Um, originally called the dripping pudding, was first given the Yorkshire prefix in a 1747 cookery book, The Art of Cookery, made plain and simple by Hannah Glass. So that's Yorkshire pudding for you. So Roundtree and Terry's uh, both began in York, making York's chocolate story about more than just Yorkie bars. Kit Kats and chocolate oranges uh, being part of the story as well, as well as York's very own Chocolate Story Museum. And York's National Railway Museum is the biggest train museum in the world and has a Japanese bullet train as part of the collection, as well as the Flying Scotsman, which is celebrating its centenary this year. Yes, York went very big on trains uh, quite early on in its uh, in the train history, and it's got this. Um, it's very proud of its Japanese bullet train. Well, another final uh, fun fact: the Shambles uh, in York, the city's most famous street, dates back to the 14th century, and is said to be an inspiration for Diagon Alley, the magical shopping location from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, the Shambles had a wide range of incredibly independent shops, including the shop that must not be named which specialises in officially licensed Harry Potter merchandise. So uh, I'm going to add in some history now to complete this York story. Uh, and there's a lot of it. It's a very ancient city. Uh, there's archaeology suggesting that there have been inhabitants for 10,000 years. But most will date the city to the Romans, who marched north from Lincoln in 71 AD and set up a city called Ibaracum, 
Uh, they built a fortress and housed some 6,000 soldiers there, and there are still Roman remnants around the town, Roman baths and bits of wall. A couple of Roman emperors died in York before the Anglo-Saxons took over and called the city Yorforwick. Pope Gregory sent a mission to convert the Brits to Christianity with York as a centre. And in 866, a large army of Danish Vikings called the Great Heathen Army captured the city and named it Jorvik. Uh, and a lot of Danes settled around the area in what was known as the Kingdom of Jorvik. But there was a lot of fighting, obviously, in those days. And King Harold had to see off some pesky Norwegians at the Battle of Stamford Bridge and then rush his weary army down south to pick a fight with William the Conqueror, uh, which he lost. Uh, so that was that. York was subdued as William the Conqueror harried the north and then built a couple of castles either side of the Ouse. But it recovered and prospered and was during the 12th century second in size and importance to London. It became an important religious and administrative centre with an archbishop, uh, which obviously encouraged the Scots to come down for a bit of a bundle from time to time. They defeated a 3,000-strong citizen army in 1319 and the suburbs were heavily raided during the Great Raid of 1322 before a peace accord calmed things down. But the city kept on prospering in medieval times. There are 21 parish churches that survive in York. And we already mentioned the Shambles, the street with many timber frame buildings. And of course, there's the fabulous York Minster, which took 250 years to build between 1220 and 1472. I wish I could say things quietened down a bit after that, but you had the dissolution of the monasteries, the English Civil War, when York was a royalist stronghold. The Industrial Revolution had less impact on York than other cities in the north, but as we said, it went big on railways. Stevenson's first intercity rail line in 1840 from Newcastle to London ran through York. Ten years later, there were 13 trains a day running to London, and in 1877, the city built the largest train station in England. Uh, the manufacture of railway engines and wagons became important to York, as did the easy distribution of chocolate as Roundtree and Terry's established themselves in the city. Tourism boomed as well as people visited to enjoy the city's theatre, architecture, museums and shops, which seems like the right moment to have a slice of pie, or P-I-E, population, infrastructure and employment. Um, ben, uh, take us through the population figures. Certainly. So in 2021, the census data put the York City population at 202,000, and 800, a 2% increase from the 2011 figures. It showed an aging population with 19.6% uh, over 65, but there are 20,000 higher education students and 8,000 further education students. So leading on from that, the University of York was founded in 1963 and is a member of the Russell Group of Universities. It's ranked 17th in the Times and Sunday Times, uh, which is a very good university guide. And students get to study on a campus site just a short walk from the city centre. And finally, there are further education colleges, such as Ascombe Bryan College, which specialises in agriculture and animal science courses. OK, Luke, uh, how about infrastructure? What's going on there in York? Yeah, of course. Um, part of that infrastructure is the city itself. Fabulous buildings, world heritage sites, areas of outstanding natural beauty and national parks. Uh, it's also a UNESCO creative city. Very well connected train hub on the East Coast main line. Uh, London to York, average train time is just over two hours with 47 trains a day. 
1920, it was, it was four hours and 20 minutes. Edinburgh to York is about two and a half hours. Fast service to Leeds is 22 minutes. York doesn't have an airport, but there are four very close by. Leeds, Bradford, Manchester, Humberside and Doncaster. Road links are the A66, M1, A1 and the M62. York City Council is investing in green infrastructure across the city. They're planning a 25% increase in housing over the next 15 years, provided the new local plan is adopted. The council have also agreed to move forward with a devolution deal, which, if Parliament agrees, should unlock £540 million of funding over the coming years. Yes, I, I had a rummage around the York City Council website, and there are plenty of documents with titles like My City Centre Vision, uh, with worthy statements about embracing the riverside and having a safe city centre community which is welcoming to all and thriving businesses with no empty buildings. But it's very hard to pin down what that actually means to things happening on the ground. Although the 10-year plan document is worth a read. York 2032, the 10-year plan, setting priorities for the decade ahead and beyond 2022 to 2032. It says things like York will be a vibrant, prosperous, welcoming and sustainable city where everyone can share and take pride in its success. So I then also had a look at the York Bid website, Business Improvement Discuss there, and they identified six major developments for York uh, in the centre. So perhaps if we could all just go through these, because they're the sort of important things happening around the centre of York, which will then have an impact on on not only the housing around it, but also the city itself. So uh, I'll kick off with uh, York Central which is one of the largest city centre brownfield regeneration sites in England. Um, Some parts of the area are restricted to rail uses for more than 150 years. Uh, But this 45 hectare site is going to be a UK government housing zone. It's also been awarded enterprise zone status, which offers commercial occupiers significant incentives. It's right next to the city's existing retail and business core, Uh, So York Central offers the opportunity to create a series of new city centre residential and business neighbourhoods with improved access to the city's railway station. And uniquely, York Central also has the National Railway Museum as a key anchor to homes and businesses coming to the site. The world-class museum is hoping to attract 1.2 million visitors per annum as part of its own £50 million master plan which all contributes 1 billion for the local economy, 2,500 new homes, 1 million of square feet of office, 132 million pound government investment is already secured. Uh, It's right by the station and it's got a new public park as well. So that's York Central. Again, have a look on the web for uh, information about that. Um, But Ben, take us through uh, Castle Gateway. Yeah, sure. So number two on the list is Castle Gateway. So the Castle Gateway area sits on the site of the former York Castle at the confluence of the River Ouse and River Foss, covering an area from Coppergate to the north, Piccadilly to the east, St. George's Field to the south, and the River Ouse to the west. Um, So in 2018, an, an ambitious master plan for the Castle Gateway area was approved by the council's executives, Um, which basically was balancing many views and interests following the public engagement, along with the history and heritage of the area. Now, since 2018, planning um, has been secured for a residential scheme on Castle Mills, including a new Riverside Park and pedestrian cycle bridge. 
and for the multi-storey car park on St George's Fields. Now, the council continue to work with stakeholders in the city to ensure that the master plan delivers the best outcomes for the city. Yeah, so, uh, uh, so that's an, another regeneration area around uh, the former York Castle site. Um, Luke, another railway station prospect for you. D- take us through that York Station Gateway. Yeah, no problem. Um, the front of York Station is being transformed to create a new and improved gateway to the city. This upgraded space will improve access to the station by providing an easier and safer experience for pedestrians, cyclists and bus users. Um, It will also introduce a welcoming new public space for everyone to enjoy and um, they're looking to showcase the city's heritage sites at their very best. Okay, I understand that's set to be completed in 2025, so uh, relatively soon. The next one, uh, Coney Street Riverside. That's going to be building on the redevelopment of the Guildhall in 2022 by the City Council. Further regeneration of the riverside in the heart of the city is planned, focused around a new pedestrian river crossing uh, with environmental improvements at the City Screen North Street Gardens. A feasibility study has been completed for the bridge, and it's also looking at connectivity along the river and linking to existing crossings and walkways, and funding is going to be sought in due course. So the new Riverside walkway could run from City Screen to Ooze Bridge and the existing buildings would be converted and replaced to create a mix of retail, student accommodation and leisure uses. So there are, you know, all of these evidence of, of substantial plans for the York City Centre. Ben, uh, the York Minster as well, round the round the cathedral, take what's happening there. Yeah, sure. So um, in spring 2023, as part of its neighbourhood plan, uh, York Minster plans to begin constructing its new centre of excellence for heritage, craft skills and estate management, a multi-million pound investment which will position the Minster as leading the charge for the preservation of ancient craft skills on the international stage, facilitating knowledge sharing and exchange programmes with leading cathedrals and institutions worldwide. Now, this development will also include the construction of a new modernised refectory, numerous public realms works, and the creation of a new public park. Yeah, so a lot of parks as well in all of these different schemes. Um, uh, Luke, uh, what about the Roman Quarter? Yeah, so the Roman Quarter development is anchored by a substantial world-class visitor attraction alongside offices, retail, residential and leisure, creating activity in this quieter part of York and spreading footfall more evenly throughout the city. As part of this development, the largest archaeological dig in the city for 40 years will hopefully uncover significant remains and be the foundation for this new Roman-themed attraction. Um, Three of the buildings will be demolished to allow excavation and then a single building will be constructed comprising of the attraction, hotel and flats. Okay, Uh, so those are the uh, effective uh, regeneration schemes going on in and around the city centre. Employment is interesting. Uh, There's large corporations and companies have recognised the benefit of investing in York, including Hiscox, Aviva, John Lewis, Nestle and the York Science Park. Uh, We've already heard about York and chocolate confectionery and railways. 
Tourism is a very big sector with 8 million tourist visits a year. And York and North Yorkshire have identified as growth sectors the agritech innovation, health and life science innovation, uh, sustainable energy and bioeconomy, advanced manufacturing, rail innovation, Digitech data and creative industries, and uh, they already have 40,000 businesses generating £19 billion in the wider region, uh, and they want the leading universities and research institutions to provide future talent. So York was ranked 13th in the UK as best city for talent in the Startup City Index, and it's a strategic location with York having enterprise zone status. And apparently it's a great place to live, work and thrive. Um, Have you got any... um, clients interested in york ben um not present no we've had uh we've had people buying york previously and it has been very popular over the years um and we certainly look to well we certainly look to educate our clients and potential clients in the future on york yes i think that um it would be it'd be interesting to keep a track on some of those developments and because they're all mixed use there's a lot of residential um residential schemes as part of all of those regeneration schemes. Um, So there will be a lot of accommodation coming into the city centre, which, uh, as I know, is popular for your investors, isn't it? No, correct. And with the the two universities as well and the the further education colleges, it is really really a hotbed for landlords who have got HMOs as well. Yeah, my sense was of a very beautiful city full of history and historic significance, Uh, lots of plans and schemes. Obviously, we're still post-COVID. Funding's a bit nervy with the with the banks fretting and the cost of living crisis. But we'll have a look at York property in another episode when we do a York neighbourhood watch. Uh, but uh, until then, it's goodbye from Ben. Goodbye, Paul. Uh, goodbye from Luke. Goodbye, Paul. And a big thanks to our producer, Emma Holton, for making us all sound good. Uh, and it's goodbye from me. My name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.